In order to keep bringing you guys tons of free content, we work with brand partners who you'll hear from in this episode, including an advertisement from Zopa Bank. Welcome back to the Talk 20s podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode of us in the studio. Today, I'm joined in the studio by Jide Madawako, founder of Yoke Network, and we talk all about finding your purpose, how to go after your dream, and how to handle failure. If you enjoy listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review or comment down below on YouTube. Let's crack on with the show. Hello, welcome to the podcast. You've come up from London, but you've had a busy week already. (laughs) How's your week been so far? Yeah, it's been busy. Obviously, as you said, um, I was in Turkey. I was Mm -hmm. in Istanbul this week for like an event, um, trying to get new customers to learn about the market over there because in like the gaming industry, which is one segment that we target, um, it's really big and fast growing. So I've been in Istanbul, came back last night and came up to the pool today. We're honoured, honoured to have you up here and part of your very busy schedule. But I think it'd be really nice for our listeners if you could, if they could take you back to like you, like in your, well, before your 20s, kind of your background, like tell us a little bit more about you and, and how you ended up where you are right now. Um, So obviously I'm born and raised in London, but I'm Nigerian, Ibo. Um, uh, it's not even descent, that's that's why I am. So um, in terms of culturally, that's what we're always told, yeah, you're Ibo man first. Uh, so obviously I, I used to, I went to school in London, grew up there. Then I started playing football um, after school from when I was 15. Um, I played at Ipswich um, for two years as a scholar, signing years pro at Leicester. Got released, um, obviously same old football story. Mm-hmm. Then I was kind of at a crossroad in my life. So I was actually 19, just before my 20s, when I was at this kind of crossroad. Didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I always knew I was, wanted to be an entrepreneur, so... Like I used to sell sweets in school. I used to um, buy stuff on eBay, sell it in school and stuff. And um, when I was, then I, I was like at a crossroads. So I ended up going to university. I was going to go to uni in America, like scholarships offered and stuff, but mm-hmm. that kind of didn't come to fruition. And then I went to university at Lancaster for four years. And um, I was like the older guy there um, in uni because I was a couple years older. Mm-hmm. And um, so in a couple of years, but you you feel it a lot. Then, yeah, because yeah. I was like when I was nineteen and stuff, I was going out in like Central London and West End, mm-hmm. like going out doing that footballer's lifestyle type thing. Yeah. So coming up to uni, coming up north, um, getting like five Jaeger ones for five pound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a culture shock. Yeah. And like going from all of that fancy stuff to like it being in a dorm room and being around kids who were leaving home for the first time mm-hmm. it was a real culture shock. Um, so for me, like um, I just genuinely was like, for the first two years at uni, I didn't really socialize. I used to drive back home to London every weekend, mm-hmm. go home every weekend. Then in my final year at uni, I was like, you know what? Been here for two years. Let me actually give it a, like, a chance. So I started to meet more people joined the Entrepreneurship Society, started to actually hang out with people who were my pals, but they turned into friends in that final year. So I graduated from uni and I was thinking like, thank God I'm done with this. Like, Cause I didn't really want to be there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I went to work for an app called Sweatcoin. Um, and the app Sweatcoin was one where it was a startup. I wanted to get into crypto. I was going to go out to Bali and live, like try and trade crypto at the time. <laughs> but then like, um, I realized that, cool, I'm just going to have like money 
and be in Bali, but come back to London and not know anybody or have a network or any experience. So that's why I went to work um, at Sweatcoin. And when I was actually there, they said um, I had the interview on the Monday. Um, then the no, I had I applied on the Monday, got the email back on the Tuesday. Then they said a uh, Zoom interview, had a Zoom interview, and they said come in the next day. And they're like, do you want to start next week? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, um, but there's no pay. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I just want to. There's, oh, there's no pay? No pay. Like, we just, just cover your expenses. We're a startup. But I was like, well, I'm only here to get experience. I want to hustle. I want to work. I want to learn. So yeah. So I started on a Monday. I ended up working there for like, a, I think it was about three months in and they raised their Series A. Yeah. And the, the fellas there were like really cool. And they, I think they raised like four or five million. And then what they said is that, oh, thank you for your service. That like we're going to backdate your pay for the last three months. Whew. Yeah. So then. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it could have gone a different way. To be honest, that's the thing. Like, at the time, I genuinely didn't care about the money. Okay. Like, I was just there to like learn how a business, how a startup worked. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, you want to throw yourself in the deep end and just yeah. get involved. Yeah. Because I had, I'd, I'd like been doing crypto and stuff at uni so like and that had an ebay business and all that stuff so i was always really kind of in a good position yeah for myself um so then a few months in i kind of realized that like all right i'm working at this startup and there's not really much opportunity so then i was kind of doing like little side hustles in the evening i'm trying to get customers and stuff just for different little projects and i ended up um starting yoke with my co-founder who i met at the university i didn't want to go to you know, yeah. Um, so uh, we, me and Mustafa, we um, started Yoke, and at the time it was basically a platform where, if you were an influencer, you can monetize your audience um, by driving downloads for apps. Because, um, but these weren't real influencers in the sense it was like meme pages. So we were working with like I'm just bait, working mm. with like puberty, working with like um, all these Snapchat pages. I don't know um, the audience. You'll probably know like when you, a few years back when you go on the Snapchat and then you'd like follow all these Snapchat pages and then they have like swipe up in their stories, they were promoting like apps and stuff that we are our partners. So the business started to grow. Um, and then we started to find out about TikTok uh, about a year, 18 months in, which was about three, three and a half years ago, four years ago. Um, Cause we wanted to get TikTok as a client. And then we said, what's this platform like? kids are getting millions of views and um they're charging like 50 quid for a million views and so we um jumped onto tiktok then and haven't looked back since and now evolved into like more of a um creative platform for ugc um for brands to be able to um like work with creators and we have our yoke app so um advertisers or brands can post campaigns in the app and people can make content for them and get paid. Um, and like we've done a whole bunch of things at like the Wave House. I don't know if, if any of the audience will know. So we started the Wave House as like a project to kind of like, one, make a statement, but two, like expand the business. Uh, so it was a content creator house. And um, after we did that, oh, it blew up like crazy. Like we mm -hmm. had like a million followers in a week or something like that when we launched. Um, then we did two cycles of that kind of still got a page now, but we don't post, haven't posted for like two years. So when we think up a good idea for it, we will. So there's, if anyone has an idea for like 4 million idol followers, uh, <laughs> let me know. And um, 
yeah, evolved the business and then got here. It's a long story, but yeah. It's a long story, but it's a, it's a good story. And I think it's really nice. Like one of the things we were just chatting literally before the mics returns on about, about hearing how people's 20s have actually gone. Like, you know, we mm. get people of all different ages, all different points at, in their 20s on this, but sometimes it's really nice to look at someone successful and go, well, actually, what are the steps that they've, genuinely taken to get to this point I really want to go back to the football conversation though because I think yeah. it's a it's a really big thing you like you said like for for a lot of young like boys and girls um their dream is often to be a professional footballer yeah but it happens for like is it isn't it something silly like 0.01 percent yeah. or something stupid it's so 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 low yeah what was your like experience of going through that process of you know even landing yourself a pro contract with with Leicester yeah. and then being let go so um, my experience was like I had this I've always had this blind faith in myself um, as a kid so I always wanted to be a footballer since I was like literally in nursery mm -hmm. um, and then my mum was always like you need to do education first so part of me playing football is that like I wanted to prove her wrong you know um, so Throughout my teens, I was on trial at so many different clubs were up and down the country, um, like just trying to get into a club. Uh, I had that I was literally West Brom, Norwich, uh, Tottenham, like all of them. Um, then I ended up getting to the academy system, which is pretty late at 15. Mm. Um, so, and I got immediately offered a scholarship at um, Ipswich Town. So I moved home from um, being living in like. I think with like East London um, or Essex, as some like pe people say. Mm -hmm. Went up to Ipswich um, and had two years there as like a full time, um, doing my B Tech as well, learning about how to uh, integrate myself and stuff. Then I went to Leicester um, after I got released from Ipswich. Actually, they didn't offer me a pro, and then Leicester offered me a pro, which is a better club, yeah. which was kind of funny. <laughs> um, so then when I was at Leicester, that was my first time kind of being young. I like having a lot more freedom. Obviously, being a footballer or young footballer at the time, like in a city environment as well, because Ipswich is a sleepy town um, or the countryside. And then that's when I started to like really experience life a bit more. Mm. And um, then after that, Getting released, I was at a stage in my life where I had, a, again, blind faith. I was like, yeah, it's going to be fine. I'll just get another club. Because I've gone from being released at a club that was worse to going to a better one. Yeah, so I guess you already had that so kind I was of like, like well, it could happen again. Yeah, I'll just yeah. find another club. Anyway, um, it didn't happen. Well, I did have like other offers and opportunities that did fall through. A quick ad break from Zopa Bank. See if you could cut your monthly cost by connecting your accounts using the Zopa Bank app. Simply head to the For You page in the app, link your accounts and get personalised insights and tips to see if you could save on your bills or subscriptions. Just search Zopa, that's Z-O-P-A, in your chosen app store. And then um, the next step for me was to just figure, figure. can I swear on this? Like, you can swear. Yeah, but like, yeah, just to figure shit out, yeah. which, was, which was what it was. Yeah. So, um... Me figuring shit out was I kind of had a, a idle year where mm. I was playing non-league and I'm in an R and playing football. I had opportunities come in like non-league and stuff, but I just was like, if I really want to play football, I want to do it to the highest level. I want to be the best um, that I can be, and I should have probably been more patient, but I didn't see that path 
the way that I was going. Mm. Um, one of the things I really want to ask you actually, because I think football is one of those things where contracts and deals and agents and stuff like that. What was that whole world like? Because yeah. that's a lot when you're young and you're trying to understand what your worth is, what you should be being paid, like what you should sign, what you shouldn't sign. Like how did how did you navigate all of that? That's actually kind of interesting because that was, like football's changed so much. Mm. In, uh, like when I was actually coming through and playing, it was, it was actually like 10 years ago, you know? Mm. So like I had an agent from when the age of like 12, um, but he was like an agent, but he wasn't an agent because he was like a friend as well. You know, yeah. he was like a mentor. So like he's he's now got players who are now in the Premier League, mm-hmm. who are now like playing across. And he's kind of, he stayed on as an agent and like been in the game like 15 years now. But at the time he was a young guy just trying to get in the game and work with some of the most talented footballers in London. Um, fortunately, I was, um, I was, in that sphere, I wasn't the most talented, mm. but um, I was. I had a good physique and a good opportunity. So fortunately, I had a great experience because, like, um, he helped me to grow up. He really believed in me, and um, he was someone who I even to this day like. I'm seeing him become successful as an agent as well, and um, and like he was a mentor and someone who like really looked out for his players, you know. So I had a great experience with that. Um, but I think now you do hear stories with, especially with so much money in the game, uh, where a lot of players get extorted. A lot of players, they, there's a lack of loyalty. And um, I think um, from my experience, I, I ended up having somebody who, was, who really fought for my corner. And um, I think ultimately, like me not getting to that next level was um, me being a bit impatient, me not understanding the logistics of the game, the, the kind of... Um, because there is like also a, the word is like kind of actually playing the game behind, off the pitch, you know? Yeah. Like um, like kind of um, how I present myself, how I, how I turn up to training, how, how I appear, you know? Because I've always kind of been a contrarian, which has led me to being like, uh, I would say an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. like, I think it didn't work in an environment where football is really strict, you know? And um, the game's evolved like, um, especially with like social media now, there's just so much ways to make money because they are content creators in some way, but at the same time, they're professional athletes, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. My next question is going to be, do you think everyone is a content creator nowadays? Yeah, I think everyone, um, depending on your sphere, you can be a content creator because I think what's happened is that you play the role of life um, and before there wasn't that on-screen show or things, especially in like your career. There's so many platforms now, like there's LinkedIn now, which is professional network. There's TikTok, there's Facebook. Even people forget about it, but it's still a platform. There's yeah. there's like um, Instagram, there's Twitch. There's so many different platforms that you don't really think about. So there's a place for everybody or for, every, for your niche as well. But um, I do think because social media and uh, is so prevalent in society that you have an identity online that everybody ends up becoming a content creator in some way, even if you're not doing it for business, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
absolutely um you did a ted talk and i listened to it and i must say like if anyone's listening to this right now i'd really recommend that you go and listen to your ted talk because it is brilliant there are a couple of things in there that i really wanted to discuss on the podcast i think you you have a really nice kind of outlook on and i think especially kind of leading on from that conversation about like being released from professional football is the whole conversation about how do you find your purpose when your dream of what you want growing up isn't there for you anymore yeah, I think um, in terms of finding your purpose, so uh, obviously go go check it out. But what I allude to is that um, when you, there's your dream and um, then there's your, your purpose, you know. Uh, a dream is something that is kind of selfish and self-fulfilling, um, which is like a lot of people, maybe their dream is to be a YouTuber, to be um, something that is like great and, you know, the main character type thing. Mm-hmm. But then your purpose of, um, often isn't even the, being the main character. It's um, supporting someone that's greater than yourself, you know. Um, and I think through your 20s is when you really begin to learn what that is because um, your friends evolve in terms of who you hang around with. Your environment changes. Um, you have to take on more responsibility and you eventually do get drawn to what you want to be. Um, no, what you... what you get drawn to what you kind of have to be or um, what your, um, like, it's like your roadmap in life or your your purpose pulls you that way. So I think the best way to finding um, what your purpose is, is to um, take some time and digest and listen to what naturally calls out to you. Um, sometimes you're called upon it and you may feel that you're not ready. Um, and then it's just about kind of rising to, to your calling, you know, um, but your dream is of, often fe- something that's fairly selfish where um, you may achieve some point in your life. You may not achieve it um, in your 20s, but um, some people live out their dream when they're retired in their 50s, like, you know, mm. um, but that's what I'd say. Just be open to listening to what what calls you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that might be the hardest for anyone who's not really sure what their next steps are in their twenties or kind of feel like they're at a crossroads. Like you said, you met, you felt like a crossroads when you were younger. How do you go about identifying your strengths, your weaknesses, like what, what how you should find a career that kind of lends itself to, to the, your strengths? I think uh, it's about like, not even failing fast. It's like, cause people like fell fast, but it's like learning quickly, you know, mm. and um, kind of being, dropping your ego, I'd say. Cause yeah. um. What happens is that, like, in your 20s, you realise that, and like, I'm 29 now, yeah? Your 20s end up getting judged at the end of your 20s by how much you've grown, you know? Like, there's a lot of people that I, um, early on in my 20s, like, we wouldn't see eye to eye, or you, they're not as your friends, you know? Um, or you fall out with them. And by the time you're at your 20s, like, people are like, oh, you stuck out something and you ended up evolving to... I remember you when you started that, you know. Mm. Um, so I think to do that, you have to learn um, and drop your ego and start to um, try things out. So by doing that, it's like in, the, in your spare time, in your evenings, like how are you learning and growing? Like maybe um, you you may say, oh, I want to launch this idea, doing it as the MVP, like which is the minimum viable product. Like, all right, I want to start this event. Let me try and get five people down. Um I want to um, start this brand. Let me just post a bit on TikTok or, or maybe you start the brand and, and let me push, like uh, do some white labeling and push it on eBay, you know? 
Um, so I think in your twenties, it's about kind of hustling and and hustle with um, with a lack of uh, a lack of ego. You know, like just be willing to learn. And and by doing that, you often fall into something that you kind of want to do. And it's not going to happen overnight. But you got to be always open to new ideas, mm-hmm. trying new things, and and trying to um, just have a have an egoless mindset. You know. Yeah, that's what I'd say. really love that idea of like minimum viable product with like everything that you do. I always yeah. say like it's quite it's quite a cheesy saying, or but like it's what's springing to mind at the minute that like you don't have to be great to start, but you yeah. have to start to be yeah. great. Like you literally just have to put yourself out there and whatever it is that you kind of want to do, whether it's starting a business, starting a new career, you know, even dating. Like yeah. you literally just have to start something and have the courage to do that and often like so many of us will just procrastinate or we'll put it off and we'll say I'll do it later I'll I'll do it when I've got more confidence I'll do it when I've got more money and all of those kind of things but actually like you'll probably get to that situation and be like oh no I'm not going to do it now for a different reason so yeah 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 for sure I think um it's important to just like try things like the amount of ideas or that I've tried stuff that I've um I've tested myself um, they have like majority of them fail, but at the same time, um, I you over time trying a variation of things, you then understand what you're actually good at. You understand what what your calling is. You understand what what people um rebook you for with the business. You know yeah. what people buy. So um, just across life, like um, I work in like a really data driven type industry in the sense that now, because with creativity and content, it's like all right, what about the numbers? Like what's converted? What's what's kind of working? The only way you can actually understand what's converted is by posting, you know, it's by getting the, yeah, the initial yeah. data in. So if you take that concept and you look at it for yourself, you're like, all right, with myself, like, all right, cool. How do I find out what I'm good at? Well, you need to get that data in. You need to like go out, try things and then it will, you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah, it's so true. Like, I think we live in a very data-driven world now. And I think it's, yeah, you have to go out and put stuff out there to actually get even the feedback, don't you? So it's so true. Um, I love talking about failure. And you kind of mentioned it there, like the idea of like failing fast. But like for you, like how important has failure been in your career? So I have a saying that it's like, you never um, lose, you learn, you know? And me and my boys were like, we don't take L's. We we don't take, the only L's we take is learnings, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um... For me, I think failure is just a perspective, you know, because people fall in love with the end goal, um, but really you should fall in love with the process. So um, if you can understand that um, as long as you're trying something um, and you're learning, then there's always insights to be to be gotten because no one ever really fails, you know, because you only fail based on the result that you put. But like, what's the benchmark? You know, mm-hmm. there is no benchmark, you know. Um, so... I think obviously there's real life in the sense that as you get older, you have to pay your bills. You have to provide for certain people. You have to be able to cover stuff. But like ultimately it's really about just um, having a a process where you continue to learn. Um, And even like in this, like I probably look back at this podcast, how could I have given more value, you know? So I think set goals, um, but then also um, assess that. I look back and say, all right, um, here's how far I am away from my goal. Um, what do I need to improve on to to get to that, you know? And um, 
and that's that's how you kind of do it I think mm-hmm, absolutely I think a lot of our podcast listeners we one of the things we really try and do on talk 20s is talk about the fact that like it doesn't matter who who you look up to on social media like all of us have had big fat failures things that we kind of look at and go I can't yeah. believe that happened but actually like we said it's taught us a big lesson and we've learned a lot from is there a specific example that you yeah. can give us where you're like I feel like I failed so hard at that but actually it was a good thing cool. I got a note on this because I had a, fully I had a few. for this podcast everybody I have a Get few his phone out <laughs> I have a few uh, a few oh I'm excited yeah actually so the number one thing that it was was actually um, you said the biggest failure. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, my biggest failure, I think, um, was like when I was at uni, like I didn't want to be at uni mm. at all. So um, I kind of failed over the first two years because I didn't integrate myself um, in the community. I, I I didn't, I was just trying to get back to what I usually did every weekend, like going out, like girls, all of that Living stuff. the football at lifestyle. Yeah, living that Living that fast-paced lifestyle. So I kind of, like, even like with uni, being dead honest, because I didn't want to be there so much, yeah, that, like, my mum did all my application and stuff. So, like, I just, like, was like, all right, I'm only going to go to uni for, for you, you know? Yeah. So when I graduated, I was like, yeah, mum, I've done it. And I can then, relate to keeping my mum <laughs> happy. That's literally why I was a teacher. Like, exactly. Everyone's been there, done that. Well, you know, some of us have done it. Because your parents I'd have dreams. not people, people not to do it either. <laughs> yeah. Like, but then again, at the same time, it depends what it is because for my mum specifically, um, she had a greater vision for me that's guided me to be where I am True. now, you know, and even for yourself, you know. Um, but you don't fall in love with your parents' dreams as such. Um, and what I did, I think, I could have maximized that time more. Um, I could have learned more. I could have been more patient because I was so used to things being handed to me, being fast, like you kind of try and skip steps. Um, and I think my biggest failure early on in my 20s was my lack of patience, you know. Um, ultimately, as you your life like kind of punches you in the face and, <laughs> um, and you get older, you, you start to learn like, all right, cool, let me make a plan, let me assess. Um, but I think... My biggest failure was was definitely like those early years not kind of um having a direction and, and being like very um impulsive, you know. Um so so that's that's what I would say. And eventually when I did graduate, my business partner now, he's um I met him at uni. Um some of my a lot of my network and professionally, I met them all at uni, um, and then met others through them. Um even even like my best friends now, a lot of them, I met them at university. So it did pay off. Um, but again, I think definitely like where I could have done better is just had a had a more structured plan as to like the direction that I wanted to head. Mm-hmm. And now then, like another thing is like, you know, we always talk about is like, none of us are the finished product. Like Mm. we're all working on getting better at something and nobody's perfect. Like for you, like, could you share something with our listeners that kind of makes you a human, like makes us (laughs) us think like, oh, like, you know, he hasn't got it all figured out either. Like, is there something that you're working through at the minute you're trying to get better at? Yeah. So I, I, I basically, I assess myself. I have this Excel sheet that I assess myself. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. I can actually share it with people. Yeah. Um, So I realized that I'm a big procrastinator. Mm. You know, um, and again, early on in my twenties, what I started to, I have ideas that come to me naturally was the execution side, which is what I needed to improve on. So now what I'm trying to do is, um, be able to 
structure my time so that I'm way more focused and not being taken away from things that um, aren't as valuable, you mm-hmm. know, and impactful. Um, so that I can just be more focused on, on continuing my journey towards my, my mission um, and, and my goals. So I am a big procrastinator, something that I am working on. And um, I think the I'm doing that by essentially get, trying to get more sleep. Uh, I'm doing that by trying to actually take on less and say yes to less things. Um, I'm doing that by um, actually realising that taking rest and time away from work can actually benefit that. Uh, at the same time but yeah obviously when you're running a business there is go time you know where you just it's like no sleep no food um it's not something that is popularized you know but it's it's part of the game it's like mm. um it's an ebb and flow with business um and it's an ebb, ebb and flow with like trying to achieve your goals but if I procrastinated less and took on less then I'd probably be able to move faster Mm-hmm. can relate to that obviously we're like uh, when we're recording this it's like a very 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 hot day here in Liverpool but it's also like we're three weeks out from 20s fest at this point and it is go 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 and I can relate to that but I also think that it's important to have that kind of you know like you say that the ebb and flow that the moments which are quieter when you're you know taking on less so you can catch back up and you can do all of those things so yeah I 100% agree but I know you're you're coming up to the big frio yeah how are you feeling about that you know what it's, it's funny because I realized like I I've known that I'm obviously coming up to 30 for nearly a year now, you know. Well, for like your whole life. Yeah, for my whole <laughs> life. But that's the thing. The thing about it is that I realized that I planned my life up until I was 30. So it's like, you know, when you're in your teens and you're and you turn 21, you're like, oh, when I was 21, I thought I'd be married, have kids mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. You know, or some people thought that. But like what I realized is I planned my life up until I was 30. So now that I'm, I'm gonna be 30 next year, or at the time of this recording next year, it, I, I realized that I was like, how do I, what impact do I wanna have on the world in my 30s? So I'm really looking forward to it because I don't feel a dot um, older or like slower or like, all that, what I feel is that it's like, all right, cool. I wanna consolidate things a bit more and scale my impact, you know? So in, over my 30s, what I wanna do is help more people and be a lot more selfless and um, and have more impact in that way. Rather than in my 20s, it was like me, 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 me. I'm trying to figure myself out, trying to do what I want when I want. But I know being in my 30s, it's going to be a lot more um, selfless and, and impactful, but it's not as much running around. It's just more um, connecting people, helping people, um, mm-hmm. giving advice, um, kind of being part of uh, bigger things in terms of culturally impactful um, and that's, that's like my goals in my 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it has been amazing to have you on the podcast. Was there anything else that you wanted to kind of discuss or get across? Because I know you you said to me earlier, like, I'll listen back to this and I wish I gave more value. So yeah. here's your opportunity. Like, is there anything that you feel like you'd love to share with our listeners? Um, I think that if you're in your 20s and you have um, goals and ambitions that you want to achieve, just don't be afraid, you know. I think the biggest thing that happens in your 20s is that everybody expects to have life figured out. You never really figure out life. You just continue to learn, you know. Um, so don't be afraid. Um, me personally, I want to help more people, help more um, movers and shakers, people that want to be the best version of themselves. So I'm trying to do that, obviously, through building a platform. I'm trying to do that through through my business, um, networking and stuff. 
But I think just don't be afraid because the worst thing you want to do by the end of your 20s is to look back and see that you haven't evolved. And life is just um, a continued evolution of yourself. So um, make sure you just continue to invest in yourself in in all three ways, like health, um, learning educationally, and also uh, for some people it's career-wise, but whatever does fulfill you, um, don't be afraid to double down on that and, and be the best at it. So that's mm-hmm. what I would say. Absolutely. And if any of our audience want to find you on social media, where's the best platform them to them for them to find a bit more about out about you? Uh, well, I'm pushing a lot more on like TikTok and Instagram, which is uh, Saint Jids, <laughs> which is <laughs> a patron saint of, you know, and no, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, Saint <laughs> Jids. And um, on LinkedIn as well, I do a lot of business breakdowns and, and try and give like deep, more insights and value. Mm-hmm. So on um, LinkedIn and and like the the socials, which is uh, TikTok and Insta. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'd, I'm going to end up with our final question that we ask every single one of our guests before they, at the end of the podcast when they come on the Talk 20s podcast. And it's if you could look back at 20-year-old you in the eye and give just one piece of advice that would carry you through your 20s, mm-hmm. what would you want to say? Uh, I'd say be patient um, and just just listen to the advice that you're given because your 20s, I don't think that it's flown by. Obviously, COVID, it feels like it, it like you, a chunk got clipped out, but definitely just be patient and have a, a longer term vision because uh, life is, is a journey and um, it's not, it's not going to be like tomorrow that everything that you want will happen. So mm-hmm. be patient. It's definitely it. Amazing advice. Thank you so much for coming up on the podcast. It's been amazing to chat to you. Uh, thank you very much for having me, Gabby. <laughs>